Welcome to No Challenges Remaining. It is Sunday, June 21st, 2020. I am Ben Rothenberg. I was working on posting or uh, editing an episode that I recorded a couple days ago with buddies and frequent guests of the show, uh, Reem Abulail and Tumana Carriol. And Louisa Thomas is also on this episode for the beginning of it. Uh, roundtable talking about the US Open, their plans, et cetera, et cetera. Then a couple, uh, less than an hour ago, there was a post that popped up. I think first Reem and Reem and Tumani joined me again. Hello. Hello. Hello, hello. Uh, Reem was the first one who I saw post this uh, this post that came up on your Instagram feed. And Reem, can you describe what you saw on Instagram? Basically, Grigor Dimitrov posted a photo of himself with a mask announcing that he is back in Monaco and tested positive for COVID-19. And he apologized for possibly endangering others. Uh, so, yeah, it was him basically disclosing that he tested positive. And uh, as we know, uh, Grigor just got back from Croatia where he was playing in the Adria tour and a couple of days before that he was playing in Belgrade as well. So he's playing Novak's tour. And yeah. And we mentioned that obviously on the podcast we recorded two days ago. Yeah, yeah. It it, it should be noted that we've seen many pictures of Grigor over the past couple of weeks. But that's the first picture we've seen with him wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> Astute point, Tumani. No, I think that, uh, uh, yeah, so this is sort of tennis is the closest thing, hopefully, that we get to a Rudy Gobert moment in tennis, where, because Grigor, I hadn't realized, because I haven't been following close attention, paying close attention to the Adria tour, but Grigor was on court yesterday, a Saturday, in Croatia, playing a match in Sadar, Croatia, as part of this Adria series, traveling around the Balkans. He was in uh, Serbia, and we talked about this a bunch on the show, and I think I will probably still post the show we recorded before but i feel like this will change a lot of the tenor of it so i wanted to post these get this one up first to sort of show that we are connected to reality more than maybe the other episode from two days ago because i think as luisa or other people say on the show like in these times a lot can change in a short period of time this is obviously a big moment for tennis one that i think it's fair to say that we all feared was very possible with looking at adria series which is this exhibition event sort of started by Novak Djokovic, the tournament director, quote unquote, was Georgi Djokovic, Novak's brother. It was being held in Belgrade and then a few other planned stops around the Balkans. Uh, they just actually, after the news of Dimitrov's positive test, they just canceled the final match of today's session in Zadar. Uh, Montenegro, which I believe was supposed to host next weekend, had already said thanks but no thanks to Adria Tor and canceled their leg of the event. We had sort of imagined the Adria Tor, which was an event whichever one of you Tumani how about you describe can you describe what it was what we saw because you've posted a bunch of photos uh from recent days what had Adria Tour been like that got people concerned that something like this was uh that, that this was sending the optics were not good let's put it charitably that way yeah essentially what we've seen is uh what is a very regular event in very abnormal times you know whether it's if you look on Twitter or on 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 streams on on YouTube, big crowds in in the stadium at Novak's club, seen players hugging and shaking hands and invading each other's personal space and interacting with mm -hmm. fans. Um, you've seen videos of you know them out on the out in a club stripping together. 
you know, it, and all these images that would be normal in normal times, but these aren't normal times, right? And it makes you cringe a bit. And th- so there, there, there's been tons of criticism, and of course, you know, Djokovic kind of w- received a lot of criticism for it, and he actually spoke to Eurosport, um, and and he said kind of that he's aware of the criticism from the West, but you know what, while things may be bad in the UK or the US, it's not the, it's not the same in Serbia, and yeah, and. F- for that reason, you know, people have been kind of reacting to that and reacting badly. And that's kind of where we are at. Can I add that they also had a kids day that had a lot of kids. We've seen the photo of that as well. And they've had a football match and they've had a basketball match in Croatia. They went to a concert with Donna Vekic and Olga Danilovic mm-hmm. and others the other day. And the thing is, you have players who came from countries who aren't Serbia and Croatia and that part. You have, you have players, someone like Grigor, who flew from the States and then went to Bulgaria, possibly also to Monaco. You also have Sasha Zverev, who's traveling from different places, because Sasha was also in Saddlebrook for quite a big portion of the quarantine time. Um, you have people traveling from different places and they got off the plane and you see the videos of them getting off the plane and immediately hugging Novak and immediately being welcomed by people and just walking around with no masks. I don't understand how you can get off a flight and already know that that person, that person didn't have time to get tested. So that already was bad. And also optics-wise, which is what we spoke about also a couple of days ago, so the whole thing was disturbing before we even knew that anyone tested positive. Yeah, no, completely. I think I, in my tweet just now, I think I when I and I had said similar things, but now I get to be more pointed being sort of proven right obnoxiously. Uh, is that like the whole thing had seemed like a sort of mid pandemic middle finger to the concept of social distancing. It was all like, we're having a great time here. We're young. We're invincible. We're just having a you know, super time playing tennis and hanging out being bros, like Tumani said, being, you know, shirtless bros in the nightclub, which again, in any other normal year would be normal enough. That looks like any kind of typical post labor cup type after party we've seen, but this is not a normal time. The only reason these players are able to come together and play in in the, in the Balkans right now is because the rest of the tours have shut down for safety reasons. And Tennis is, again, like this nightmare sport for a pandemic because you have people from, I mean, international tennis tours, let me put it that way, it's a nightmare sport during a pandemic because you have people traveling from all over, congregating all over, and bringing their own potluck dinner of, of germs with them. We don't know in this exactly where Grigor contracted his coronavirus. We don't know if it was in Serbia and all the mixing there that happened. We don't know if it was something he had incubating since when he was in Bulgaria or maybe, I think he was probably in the States a long time ago. So I don't know if he was in the States within the last two weeks, so, but maybe it was from there. Yeah, it's just like, it's none of it is a good idea. And I and I just feel like there was the defiance we got and the sort of criticism I'm sure we all got from Djokovic fans and the mentions or whatever. Just like people being like, it's not the same. You guys don't understand your country. Speaking of my country being the US, terrible. This, you, have, you guys, who are you to talk to anybody about it? But I was like, as someone who's going through it, I know what it's, what precautions we're feeling like we need to take now, people who are actually being smart about it. And seeing people so defiant of that, which is not happening in a bubble. This is not the only country that I think can get away with this. And I think we've made this point on the show we recorded is New Zealand, which is the only country that has had coronavirus and has sort of shown that they were able to eradicate it totally, however briefly. And maybe that won't even last forever with New Zealand. But 
everybody else, you're not safe. It's everything comes with risk. And it's a question of how much risk you want to tolerate. And just the risks that were coming up in an Adria Cup seemed so, so blatant and so careless. It was it was rough. Reem. Yeah. First of all, I'm sure we all want to preface this by saying we really hope Grigor will be okay, that his symptoms are okay. Like in general, we're I don't want anyone to think that we in any thousand percent exact any shape or form are happy that anyone got sick. This is, the whole point is that we want nobody to get sick. That's the first right. thing. Second of all, I think that even a country like New Zealand, you're saying even a country like New Zealand would not want to open its borders up to that. And the thing is, yeah. I was happy to know that Serbia is in good shape. But also when you are coming out of, let's say for them, they're coming out of the pandemic, the normal thing is to be cautious. Because again, it's it, the whole point of this virus, even we were not doctors and we don't know much, what we do know that the whole point of this virus is that it's extremely contagious. So the, even if you're in good shape, you have to have precautions. I mean, here in the UAE, they're opening up things, but uh, masks are mandatory everywhere, everywhere. And everyone is being super cautious, even though numbers are going down, right? And that just seems logical. And I don't understand why that wasn't logical for everybody else. Like, how that's that's beyond me. Yeah. Go ahead, Tamani. Uh, just, I'm just going to say kind of on that. Um, we, we talked about this before, kind of, I, I, I talked about it. I said I, I because of the kind of regulations, I, I think I understand why the events are being held and, you know, even why there are crowds. But the fact that there wasn't kind of, you know, we, we've seen kind of the pictures of in, now looking back, the pictures of Dimitrov hugging everyone and touching everyone. And it just makes you <laughs> very queasy. I don't know about you guys. So, yeah. so just like it, it's just surprising to me. Well, not surprising, but it, it's what makes it worse is that there were none of that, you know, the attempts to mitigate it, you know, hold your event, fine, but try to mitigate it, make sure everyone's wearing a mask in the crowd as well as, you know, everyone, you know, the role models. And yeah. also the fact that Dimitrov actually, you know, so he, he so we're, we're speaking on Sunday, yesterday he played against uh, Chorich and lost 4-1-4-1, you know, was killed. And, and at that point, you know, people were saying that was a weird performance. What, what on earth was that? You know, he he made he this time he didn't shake the hand of the umpire. So you you wonder if he was was already like, you know, feeling something and you know didn't want to want to give anyone anything. And the fact that then he went he got the test done in uh, I'm not sure if he got the test done in Monaco. You know, like to on Sunday or if it was before. But it's if if you know it, I mean basically the the events aren't testing them it seems. So that is also an issue. If, if he got the test in Monaco, it means he traveled back from Croatia to Monaco while having coronavirus. So, I mean, or, you know, while thinking he might anyway, a lot, there's a lot of rough things about it. I think also, I think you're totally right, Tamani. What was galling about Adria Cup specifically, I mean, compare this to, I think, the first event we saw pop up during this pandemic, at least one that I remember was the UTR event in Florida, which was basically players all alone on a court in the middle of some swamp, like being filmed by drones, like clearly so much social distancing. And it was not a particularly attractive event to most fans or anything for different reasons, but it at least seemed aware of what the, you know, dangers were. And the obliviousness of Adri Cup really stood out, not just in tennis, but I think in global sports currently. It doesn't look anything like anything happening in sports right now that I've seen uh, anywhere in, in the world. 
And so that's that's very frustrating. You have like Korean baseball, Premier League, British soccer, English soccer, uh, all happening with empty stadiums. And they were so full in, in Serbia and then in Croatia was frustrating, especially because even just in this period of tennis right now, there's a sharp contrast between what Adria Cup looked like and what the UTS event going on in France right now looked like. The Ultimate Tennis Showdown held at the Mortaglu Academy. They had like no fans in the stands. They have coaches sitting far apart from each other. They have players not shaking hands or hugging, you know, solely singles. And it's a much more sterile environment. And maybe that's, you know, not what people want, but I think it seems much more prudent. And now I'm nervous that Dominic Team, who played the first week of Adria series events in uh, Belgrade, I believe, right? He yeah. is he now traveled to play this week in France. And so again, the spreading, the sort of patient zero-ness of this all uh, is is definitely like, it could be a lot of dry kindling could catch fire here. Tamani, you want to jump in? Yeah, and and on that on on team going to UTS, uh, going to play in the Ultimate Tennis Showdown event, you know that I mean that's had a lot of criticism for other reasons, but you know that they did test him when he came in, and they have tried to kind of, you know, in, to their credit, they've tried to maintain, and I'm sure it's to do with government re- regulations and stuff to maintain certain social distancing kind of protocols, and so, you know, that that I mean I have I too have many questions, but also it does seem like they've tried to mitigate some of like. The issues you know if, if team had just jumped in there and they were all hugging again then phew, that that would be a, a lot worse i think the other, the other thing i'll say about the government regulations is it's not clear from what people are posting that adria cup was actually following serbian government regulations or guidelines like it it doesn't it, the guidelines seem to be you know you can hold outdoor events but everyone needs to stay one meter apart wearing masks and that's just not what we saw in the crowd or on the courts at adria cup whatsoever in belgrade so it, people are as much as yes, there is a bigger sense of comfort there too. I don't think that they were even necessarily following their own rules. Yeah, I, I think in in Serbia, I mean that there, I mean in many countries as well. Like this, this period has come with a lot of political issues, and from yeah. what I've read, um, like the initial shutdown of 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 Serbia, like that got a lot of backlash. Like the 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 parliament or other politicians kind of quickly re- reversed it when they could convene and. I think that's perhaps why you know, because from from what I've heard, they were like handing they were handing out masks at the events and stuff, but, or certain things, but no one was taking them. So, yeah, yeah. I think now my first thing, I'm, my first thought went to the U.S. Open and what we were talking yeah. about a couple of days ago, and we were talking if we can depend on the players to abide by rules or to be cautious or just general sensibility from everybody involved, not just players, but their teams and everything. And and now that we've seen how quickly someone can get sick and how possibly how quickly that can spread as well because of the contact and everything, it just makes the US Open seem harder to pull off. Yeah, that was gonna be my next sort of topic here is what, do, what does this mean for the US Open? And, and I, when we did get to this, and <laughs> I do wish the other episode was up already because we did cover a lot, the retreading a lot of stuff, but through a different lens now, or a different sort of data we have now on player testing. But one of the things we did worry about is like, are players going to be smart and prudent about this? And based on our social media, and Tumani, you snarkily but aptly pointed this out with saying this was Grigor's first photo in a mask that he's posted. No, players have not looked like they're going to be, have not looked like great role models for how to socially distance or how to be cautious and prudent during this this dangerous time maybe this is a 
positive thing in that it's a wake-up call for players. Maybe players now, they all know Grigor. They all like Grigor. Again, we all hope Grigor recovers well and has no lingering ill effects from this as much as possible. But maybe this is something that tennis players needed to show, hey, we're not invincible. We can get sick like everybody else, and we need to take this seriously. So maybe that does change attitudes. That might be naive to think that. I don't know. But Tumani, I guess to kick Reem's question to you, like what does this what does this positive test happening to a top player, a semifinalist from last year at the US Open, uh, at a big tennis event that he's playing with a bunch of other top men's players, what does this positive test do you think mean for the outlook of the twenty twenty US Open going ahead? To to be to be honest, I'm I'm not at this point I'm not sure. Like as you said, it could go in either way, you know. I, I mean, as we've already said, Djokovic was kind of he he already said that you know this isn't really happening here it doesn't involve us essentially but he had to cancel his match um moments before it had started will that change how he now sees things and understands like the huge knock-on effect it can have on him like someone else he didn't test positive but i i, I don't know i i do think that kind of we know how tennis players are and again we talked about this the other day that they're insular they're kind of you know they're about themselves and maybe yeah. some people will kind of change their behavior on this but there are also over 300 players plus their support staff who will be in new york and i imagine that not all of them are going to you know will be moved by that you know so, and some of them will in i think in, invariably kind of just carry on as usual and i don't know i i i, I don't i'm i think we'd have to see how this plays out if if other people are test positive hopefully i really hope not but just i don't know i I think there's there's still time and we'll see if maybe this is the first of of others to come or if this is i think if there more comes of it not just in this event but in future events then certainly it will become an even bigger kind of focal point in tennis i also want to say that Hats off to Grigor for disclosing, because not everybody would have done yes. that. Honestly, yeah. a lot of respect to him for doing that. He maybe did not need to do that, uh, or someone else would think that they don't need to do that. And uh, and I hope that if someone else does get sick, that they disclose it too, so that at least we all get a general understanding of, of, of what is happening. And we have the facts, and and everyone takes the necessary precautions and learns from that. And yeah, so I honestly respect, yeah. respect Grigor a lot for doing that. That's a great point. And I, and I do think also just as a public figure, it is important or very, it, it's, it's helpful, obviously medical privacy issues, et cetera. But when people, when there is, it, or it's just a perception of people taking this seriously and not seriously, it is important for public figures to say, hey, I got this thing. It is real. Please be careful out there. Yeah. Like that, that's a powerful message. And that's why Rudy, Rudy Gobert, who was the first NBA player to test positive, which sort of set off in the US, at least the whole domino of things shutting down, not in sports first, but then also in larger businesses. I think Rudy Gobert really accelerated that process in the US by coming by having his tests be public, which was not maybe not his own choice, but I'm not sure how much direct credit he gets for it. But his case really, I think, did save a lot of lives. He got people to take the disease more seriously, more quickly than they might have if he had not been this high profile public case. Yeah, I, 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 I agree with both of you on that. But I do think also kind of it would have been incredibly reckless for him not to disclose it after having been around so many different people. You know, I, I have wondered, you know, if anyone else has tested positive and just hasn't really said anything. But in, in yeah. something like this where, you know, Djokovic was about to play a final and people from bid crowds were coming in, it would have been very bad if he hadn't, you know. Yeah, no, it, it's... I, I also just sort of, this. I think 
we'll probably echo some points. And again, apologies for these conversations being out of sequence in your podcast feed, listeners. But I am, <laughs> I do feel sort of bad for the U.S. Open that they had this happen because I feel like the U.S. Open was being very optimistic and really trying hard to figure out a way to sort of make this thing possible under very tough circumstances to have this tennis event, which is a very fragile event in a lot of ways, uh, go off in the midst of these, this sort of health hurricane conditions. And they were doing all they could to be prudent and to really try to put in a lot of protocols and things like that. And then to have recklessness happen. And again, we're assuming that, that Dimitrov got this thing because he played Adria cup, which we do not know if that's true or not, but Still, that it, it may have spread because of Adria Cup. That we, we can probably be more confident in, because um, he definitely had coronavirus at Adria Cup. We can say that. So yeah, so like, it just shows like I think how tenuous and how fragile fragile the uh, the stability of world sport is going to be right now. We see this in other American sports. I can list. I mean, like just recently, a bunch of players on baseball teams doing spring training in Florida tested positive, and so now all the baseball teams are packing up and leaving leaving their Florida training bases to go train their own cities, which is ironic now that like the New York Yankees who are from coronavirus hotspot of New York city are now returning to New York from Florida. Cause I think it's now safer in New York. So you can just sort of see how, how much these things can get thrown off. So it makes me, I was already not super optimistic about the U S open. And one thing I do think we say in the show we recorded, which I think will hold up well is that um, it's a long way to go. It's still 10 weeks. A lot can happen. Uh, in between now and when the U.S. Open starts, or even between now when the U.S. Open finishes, because it's possible it could finish, start but not finish. Yeah, it, this is a, this is definitely a blow, and it's a it's a rough day for people who were hopeful that tennis would keep going. It's not just U.S. Open; that also applies to every event after it too, because there's many other tournaments on the calendar, starting in Washington for the men and starting in Palermo for the women, and going all the way through the fall. Like this, this sort of first uh, high-profile tennis positive test that it's very much associated with being at a tennis event. It wasn't like he tested positive while he was, you know, in isolation in Los Angeles or wherever he's been hanging out, Grigor. It, it, this is a, this is a bad uh, blow for, for tennis optimists or people who are set, for, for people who have a, a yes, we can attitude about playing during a pandemic. This is, this is a bad, bad news event. Yeah, I agree. I also think that the smaller tournaments um, probably, I'm wondering how can they afford the same precautions that the U.S. Open are, have announced? Because it's it's a lot of mm. money to spend, uh, and a lot of things you need to do in order to be ready. And I and I was thinking the other day, how can we expect Palermo to have the money to have all of the? I know they have a much smaller field, but still, you need a lot of things. You need to have. Uh, like a doctor on site, you need to have all these different things that they didn't have before, and it's a, the cost is a lot actually. So I, I, it's starting to look harder and harder, basically. Yeah, I wonder if the tours might provide some of that infrastructure in terms of health and testing and stuff. But that's a, that's a definitely a fair question. Tumani, any, any further thoughts? Or we can go to sort of closing closing thoughts on this uh, breaking news ish episode we're doing. Thank you guys again for being flexible and coming on <laughs> back on. <laughs> to do a show again so soon. I appreciate it. And any, any further thoughts on, on what this means or where we go from here? Timani, start with you. Uh, I, I just, and I, mainly I'm just curious to see kind of just how this plays out. And, you know, as, as you said, like it's, it's happening in, in other places in the States. It also happened in golf, like someone tested positive yeah. and, you know, we're, we're going to see more. I think, I don't think 
Dimitrov will be the last athlete to tennis player to test positive and then we're going to see how they react you know I think looking to the US Open you know that their, their thing you know Stacey Allister as we said again she she called it a leap of faith and that they're trusting on players to you know to to behave well and to 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 not you know do reckless things that may put them at risk and yeah. and they and their whole thing is that one person may get sick but their aim is to make sure that it doesn't spread and I just you know I, I'm just curious to see what you know when more people do get sick what their limit will be what happens in world team tennis when quite a few people are going to be in the same place I don't know I, I just mm-hmm. have uh, this this has brought me more questions I'd say <laughs> and yeah. I'm curious to see how they are answered no we, we had questions and this is the first real data point in the negative this one yeah. positive test and so yeah that's absolutely going to be a, a cloud over things for sure Reem any any final thoughts here no I just echo what you guys are thinking and I just hope that Everyone in general, inside tennis, outside tennis, starts using common sense a bit more and is a bit more cautious. Like, it's never going to be a bad thing to be a bit extra cautious. I don't think that hurts anybody. I know life goes on. Life eventually needs to restart. But just think about human lives before thinking about other things. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Like, to to echo that, like, the best result is if you are overcautious and then nothing bad happens. Right. Exactly. That's what what we should all be aiming for. No, if everything will look like an overreaction if you don't get it, and everything will look like an underreaction if you do get it. Yeah, like absolutely. so, be beware of that sort of those stakes. And and I agree. I'm mean, echo what Tamani said earlier when he's talking about Serbia, but I think it's a wider world point of view. Certainly, God knows in the U.S., I am incredibly frustrated by the politicization of safety precautions around coronavirus. How it's somehow seen as like giving in to like liberal science when you wear a mask to go to the grocery store. Like that's nuts. Like folks, take your health seriously. Health, the virus does not care what your political party is. The virus does not care how brave you are. The virus does not care if you believe it exists or not. It's still there. Again, it's not saying it's going to kill everyone in the world, but it still can cause real damage people. And people who get it who are healthier can spread people who are less healthy. So yeah, like just a lot of, all those, all those, you know, kids who are at Kids Day at the Adria Cup, maybe kids aren't getting seriously ill as much, but they will have parents and grandparents they're seeing who maybe they can spread it to, and just it's, it's uh it's a, it's a bad situation all around. So we wish, wish everybody well. Wish Grigor again. Hope, wish him a, a speedy recovery. Yep. Uh, from this, and hope he gets well. He's again, as we said before in the show, he's the nicest boy, and nothing but the best. We wish for Grigor, and at the same time, hope that his, his illness can be conservative being instructive to people and can get people to wake up because this is real and it's unfortunately not going away anytime soon as much as we want life to get back to normal as much as we want the u.s open and the french open and tennis to happen uh it's not really within our control we don't get to decide we're not calling the shots the virus is calling the shots for now so uh on that note tamani reem thank you for being here thanks for having us again thanks thank you my thanks once again to Reem Abuleil and to Monikariol for coming on NCR once again on pretty short notice to talk about this news that broke today, Sunday, on Grigor Dimitrov testing positive for coronavirus and what that could mean. As we hinted at in the show, Reem, Tumani, and Louisa Thomas and I all got together to record a roundtable about the U.S. Open announcement and the U.S. Open rule changes and stuff. And I'm basically going to go back and 
listen back to that and see if it still makes sense to post it, honestly, because I do feel like a lot of what we were saying uh, gets changed pretty dramatically by this one piece of data that is the Grigor positive test. So you may or may not see that episode on your feeds going forward. TBD a bit. Not, I'm not sure it makes the most sense, honestly. That is the strange reality of these coronavirus times is that things can seem to be going really slowly, but at the same time, things can change pretty quickly, even if we're all at home doing the same thing day in, day out. But thank you again to Reem and Tumani. You should follow both of them on their Twitters. Reem also is on Patreon. Follow her on Patreon at patreon.com slash Reem And NCR is also on Patreon. We want to thank our Patreon backers once more we have a couple new patreon backers since we last recorded a show they are lani allo and russell baker so thank you to lani allo and russell baker for joining us on patreon in the last recent while and thank you also to our slam champ backers who we thank every show our slam champ tier backers who are Susanna w mary carillo liz kennel betty chuang nguyen and Jonathan Weinbaum. And thank you to our GOAT backer, J-O-D. If you want to follow along with NCR when you're not listening, you can do so by following us on Twitter at NCR underscore tennis. Send us questions, comments, anything like that to our email, remaining at gmail.com. We've got some pretty cool uh, Patreon bonus content. Also speaking of Patreon coming up, we did a fun crossover thing with our buddies at Tennis Tuesday, Nick McCarvel and Blair Henley. So... Keep an eye out for that. That should be rolling out sometime, hopefully, in the next week or so. It's video, so it's not my forte of editing, but I think hopefully it'll look pretty cool. We had a lot of fun doing it. So stay tuned for that, and stay tuned for more NCR down the road. We hope everyone out there is staying well and healthy and being safe and being smart, and we'll see you guys soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.